0: Welcome to On Fighting in Thailand, the best news and analysis covering the economics and infrastructure of Muay Thai. I'm Matt Lucas, journalist, commentator, and ex-Muay Thai fighter. Make stronger fighters, make stronger people. Today we will be wrapping up the season as our last episode of the year is episode number 24 so as always if you'd like to reach me you can follow me on instagram @lucasbkk or email me at Lucas at gmail.com I also have my website wwwmat- lucascom thanks to everyone that supported me so far sharing the podcast leaving reviews if you'd like to leave a review that would be super helpful you can do so on the iTunes store as always uh, after years of hard work studying and being in the game I've published a book called i'm fighting in thailand a guide to the sport in the motherland the guide goes over scoring matchmaking picking gym fight styles gambling and much more you can get it off of amazon as a print book or ebook again it is called i'm fighting in thailand a guide to the sport in the motherland. Thanks to all my sponsors, uh, specifically Knockmoy Legends, for their continued support of the show. They create some great Muay Thai apparel with portions of the proceeds going back to the legends they celebrate. All the superstars have been paid for their images as well. Check out their gear at www.knockmoylegends.com. Use onfighting to get 15% off your order. They are coming out with a limited edition run of shorts that should hopefully be out in the next month or so, so definitely keep an eye out for that. Thanks, as always, to Patrick Rivera for helping me get this show started. Obviously, come a long way with the show and my career, so I'm very, very grateful for him and helping me get started. So... This episode is just a little bit of a wrap up for the year. Um, the world of Muay Thai has definitely changed. Uh, COVID nineteen, the internet, the ongoing evolution of the sport. This episode is going to review all these different changes, uh, specifically the impact of the podcast, stats on cornering, the future of the podcast, and more. So first, we're gonna we're gonna hit on a couple of different topics. Uh, my book. Uh, Podcast stats, uh, my Instagram project, the YouTube and videos that have been made, uh, cornering stats, and then go over some stuff about COVID-19 and the changes in the sport. So it was a pretty big year for me. Um, The year began really strong. Um, I went on a short book tour, if you will, uh, going overseas to be part of the Muay Thai Business Community Summit in Stockton, California. I was very happy to go out there, which was hosted by Patrick Rivera. Uh, I met a lot of different people, a lot of gym owners from around the States. I gave two talks, one on social media, one on purse sizes for boxers. I also had my book in attendance, which uh, did really well. I sold out of my copies of the book, so that was really, really exciting for me. While I was out in America... Only for a week, I also did a series of interviews with the Fairtex fighters and trainers that moved to America, including Johnsonon, Bunkerd, Ganyao, uh, An, N, N, N and Nunxium. And and I released those videos throughout this year on the Fairtex Training Center website, and... On the Fairtex training center YouTube so that was a really big accomplishment for me so definitely the book overall so has sold over 500 copies Um, according to scribe media the average sales for a self-published book in 2019 was 250 to 300 copies so I definitely surpassed that people are still buying copies of the book pretty regularly sell about a copy or two every other day but i think the book had a substantial influence on the sport and just the way people are looking at it i'm hearing more and more people talk about the difference between stadium muay thai and entertainment muay thai People becoming more involved in things about sponsorship, um, getting just a better understanding of the sport and developing the sport. So I'm really, really happy about that. That was the intention of the book, and I feel I've accomplished it. So moving into the podcast. So season one had 19 episodes. Uh, I started the show about a year and a half, almost two years ago now. So, 19 episodes in the first season. Uh, this season, this year, had 24 episodes. So, pretty regularly, um, 52 weeks in the year, I put out 24 shows. The show is basically bi weekly. Um, I try and put it out every other Wednesday. The show downloads have gone up, it's over 9,000 downloads for the year. Uh, about 300 downloads per month, uh, per episode per month, and then it keeps rising. The topics covered for this year were uh, Muay Thai Gram, Cornering, Photography, Gym History, COVID-19, WBC, and Commentating. The uh, Gym History shows did very, very well. I covered Fairtex, Simon Chai, PK Sanchai, and Kiatpontip. Um Those were really good moments of reflection and sort of just diving into the history of some really solid gyms I'm really happy to have done that I did that because of covid nineteen you know the I could have stopped the show or you know changed or just stopped the show and I decided I wouldn't I would just change directions I focused on gym history I'm really glad I did that because After I was basically done doing these gym histories, Muay Thai in Thailand opened back up. So I was able to keep going. Um, You know, doing the interviews with the photographers was really interesting. They really are underplayed and um, don't get enough spotlight and attention. The cornering episodes were really, really good, especially because I've been doing more cornering this year. I actually did more cornering this year than I did last year, which is a bit surprising considering the long layoff in fights and COVID-19's impact. So doing these episodes really helped inform me about how I should interact with the boxers. I thought Brian Dobler's interview was really good for just a lot of the nuts and bolts of how to corner and what to do. It was also great to get the different aspects of people. So Tony from Diamond Muay Thai up in Canada and Angie Parr. Angie Parr definitely had a more emotional side to cornering, which I think is really important as well. Then the last or the last series was on Muay Thaigram, which has really grown in the last year. We'll go into stats in a minute for that. Also doing the interviews with The WBC was really great, especially finding out about their ranking system, how they deal with rankings, how they sort of judge and develop things. The WBC is definitely growing the sport and really pushing it um, internationally, which I think is really, really good and also really, really important for the continued growth of the sport. Um, So moving on a little bit from... The podcast into my Instagram project and just Instagram in general I still think that uh, the platform is very very important Uh, I think it will continue to be important for another couple years Um, you know the way social media works is these platforms sort of peak um, and ebb Uh, obviously MySpace is gone long gone but the place and role of Facebook has changed, I feel. I talked about it before, but it's more of a LinkedIn sort of social networking uh, or community networking device for myself and I think for others as well. Uh, A lot more day-to-day interaction happens on Instagram. The Instagram accounts that I work on have done very, very well. Um, Fairtex is at 100 Uh, 11,000 followers um, from last year's 98,000 so a growth of uh, about 21,000 or uh, sorry uh, 13,000 over the year Nakmoy Legends went up from uh, 10k to 15k almost 16k so um, you know almost a 50% growth over the year, Muay Thai Gram was at 188,000 and is at 214,000. And my own account um, went from 26,000 to 5,100. So I doubled, basically doubled there. Uh, all the work that I did on it basically uh, equals a 300 page book. Uh, I put out 300 or more photos. I was very, very regular with it. Um I'm definitely missed some days but almost posted every day uh the total number of words I wrote was 40,000 which is about the same as a short novel or book um I shifted more into doing documentary stuff and less into interviews I inserted my own voice a bit more I also did photos that were a little more captivating. I worked on my photography style a bit more Um, and I'm very happy with that project. I'm going to continue to do it. I think that it's helped me a lot and really helped sort of develop the sport um, on an ongoing basis. Just putting that information continually out there. The other thing is that because of the algorithms and the way the social media platforms work, a lot of the content from last two years is coming back to the surface. So every day I'm able to repost things and a lot of the content that I started doing two years ago, one year ago, is still relevant. The interviews with people still have a lot of value to them. So I'm really happy about that. To me, it shows the ongoing value and worth of the project. So I will continue to do that. Um, Moving into YouTube and video stuff, the, um, I did over 105 videos this year, um, mainly focused on interviews. Uh, This was for Muay Thai Gram. I also have started to develop Fairtex Training Centers, YouTube, Uh, those numbers aren't in here, but Muay Thai Grams now has uh, over 250 subscribers. I did some pretty good work, if I say so myself, or I'm happy with it at least. I began the year with a memorial to Crew Rex, who was a trainer in California, and really important in developing the sport in the States. He was a judge, a referee, and an instructor. He worked for a long time out of double dose Muay Thai. And it was a really great sort of memorial to Crew Rex who unfortunately died this year. Brian Dobler, his long-term friend, confidant, and coworker gave a speech about him. I was able to insert a lot of photos and pictures um into it so i was really happy with that i also did a few behind the fights uh which is sort of a look at the world of boxing of muay thai just not the fight itself but looking behind the scenes um i got to look at super bomb as he readyed himself for his belt against city chai pinong which he won so that was really cool um I got to look at Ratong Jitmuangnan for the rubber match between him and Pet Dam Gayang or Pet Dam Pet Indy. Uh, Ratong also won. I also got to highlight Omar Halalbi, who is a Muay Thai Graham sponsored athlete. Got to look at Kwan Sor Tawanglung, a female fighter, very accomplished female fighter, who is currently training out of soar um miss Sawan, i think um up in it's in bangkok um i think i fucked up the name on that but she's very regular on the entertainment scene and a very good solid fighter also got to highlight my long-term trainer and friend diesel out of fa group so that was really awesome i definitely learned some good editing skills Um, So, you know, doing videos every two or three, every basically every other month really helped me get into the flow of things and started getting me uh, able to produce more content at a faster speed uh, with a little bit more precision. I also did Fairtex News for quite some time, dropped off it the last couple of weeks, but I was very, very regular with it. and plan on continuing to do so. I also did two episodes of Dinner with Rob Cox. The first one, Burgers Cats uh, Falling Through the Lumpini Roof, and talking about Aniwat versus Singdam So, Rob, for people that aren't familiar, is sort of a legend in the sport. He's been out here in Thailand for 20 years. My co worker, Max Muay Thai and a long-term Muay Thai journalist and commentator. He is a judge at one championship. He is also the owner of Kipong Tip Gym. So he has a lot of valuable information and knowledge about the sport. So I was able to capture two moments of that first with uh, Anuwa and Singdam and then also Uh, pies, mushy peas, and the highs and lows of owning a gym. Just him talking about the experience of owning a gym and being in the sport long term. You know, you see people sort of ebb and flow. You see a lot of really great moments. And you do see some real downs in the sport. People losing their ways. People getting hurt. People, you know, getting rejected. It's part of life and it's part of the sport as well. So moving a little bit into cornering, uh, the boxers out Muay Thai Graham did very well. Angela Chang went 2-2. Two and two. She had two great performances against Nong Hong Lick, um, winning both of those. She lost some close points fights to Dong Kong Fa, who recently beat Alicia Rodriguez uh, for the Thailand National Belt. She's definitely on the upswing. Kong Fa, so you know Angela fighting high level opponents I was very happy to corner her for a couple of her fights uh Bergen Stewart went three wins two losses and one draw also one MMA win that was really significant the MMA win because he signed to one championship and that was one of the goals for the year uh You know, my cornering skills for MMA are pretty rubbish, so I'm very, very happy that he won that. It was a really interesting experience working for one championship, going through the weigh-in process, which, while isn't rocket science, is definitely different from doing normal weigh-in procedures for stadiums and whatnot. You do need to be hydrated, so you can't really be cutting more than two to three kilos per weight cut. And there's a little bit of a science behind doing the weight cuts themselves. The, so there's basically three weight cuts or weight check answers. One on Wednesday, which he passed. Uh, then there's one on Thursday, which he failed. He was not hydrated enough. And then he had to do a third one on uh, Thursday night or Friday, you know, the beginning of Friday, he passed that one. So definitely there was a bit of learning involved in, you know, failing that second weigh-in and then, you know, h- how we had to pass the final one. It was a bit of pressure for sure because, you know, the if you don't pass the weigh-ins, either the bout is canceled or a portion of the purses given to the opponent so there was some definitely money at stake and definite you know risks at stake as well it was the first bout during COVID too so that experience made it a little more edgy a little more you know uh, just like a bit more stress on everything so I'm very happy for Brogan he also got sponsored by Pride which was a one of the things we set out for, uh, Omar Halalbi went 2-1 and one for the year. He didn't get to fight so much, mainly because of COVID. He also had some bad luck in the beginning of the year being stuck in Lebanon, then a uh, fight in Japan being canceled. But he stuck with it, and he got one of the things he wanted, which was a sponsorship at Fairtex. Jaleel Barnes did very, very well. He went six and uh, six wins, one draw for the year. So he went undefeated. So he was the most active of the fighters for the year. Uh, or Brogan as well. He had seven bouts, which is very good. So Jaleel definitely stuck out a lot in the year. And I definitely learned a lot from cornering him. And probably the highlight for him was... Fighting on Moiman's Wansuk. Or the highlight for me at least. Was cornering him for Moiman Wansuk. Which is a rising stadium show. At Rongset Stadium. I was also able to corner. Mila Sundell a few times. Uh, that was always exciting. She had a fantastic bout. Against Sa Sing so, so Pit. And defeated her. She moved up in weight. Um, had a very tough fight. Against Fosse Tong. And you know, there's definitely rumors about her going more international, so we'll see what happens with that. Overall, my the cornering that I did, um, I cornered 18 bouts, uh, 13 wins, um, three losses, and two draws. So, a pretty successful year of cornering. So, moving on into some of the developments in the sports, um, one of the big things was. The what happened with the stadiums part of it was because of COVID. So, a lot of the promoters uh, involved with Roger Demner and split off. Obviously, Boat Pet Indy developed Moiman One uh, which is now based out of Ronksit Stadium. Also, uh, Sit Chef Boon Tom, who was a long term promoter at Roger Demner, he moved away and started doing his own online show. It was shortly based out of a gym in Nonthaburi, or uh, a little west of Bangkok. Uh, don't quote me on the Nonthaburi part, but it is now located at Rongsit Stadium. It is all online, so you know we're definitely seeing a lot of development in the online space for fights, both here in Thailand and internationally. It's something that I wrote about in an article on the development of one championship as well. Just sort of understanding the business model of the sport. You know, you there's a bit of a cap on the number of gamblers that can physically be in a stadium. But when you go online, when you go on TV, the number of viewers is a lot less limited. That said, the the sort of space for tv and the internet are changing um max muay thai isn't taking a break right now hopefully it will come back in the future but one of the reasons why they went off air was because of the tv structure they just weren't getting enough ad revenue because of covid also the daily tours that were coming in bringing in a lot of tourist money and cash into the stadium stopped so they quit airing um but you know some channels like channel 8 have done well still so we're seeing sort of some real developments in the way uh, muay thai is aired Uh, obviously there's other shows like triumphant in the states which is in um, in america they did a relatively inexpensive pay-per-view I think it was seven or eight dollars, uh, for the show. So for the live stream of the show, so that's interesting. Also, Lime Fight is now on UFC Fight Pass, along with Muay Thai Grand Prix in Australia. So we're definitely seeing some development there. Um, we're seeing different a bit of changes in the salaries of boxers as well um something i wrote about for muay thai gram as well so the basic synopsis of it is that the boxer salaries muay thai fighter salaries went up and increased um hitting a high point to some extent in the late 90s um so during the golden era then there was a crash in the economy and You know, people shifted away from the stadiums. There's all different reasons. Nothing can directly be correlated right now as to why the purses went down. But there was a drop in the salaries for the boxers. So, you know, boxers like Pep Boonchu weren't making as much as, you know, boxers like Jonksonan or uh, Samad Payakarun. Even though, you know, boxers like, Pebunchu were just as accomplished um you know they were fighting different games but it was uh the accomplishments in many ways were the same that said though the boxers that did go internationally like um book uh yachts and clyde they they started making the same amount of money as the boxers in the golden era and now what we're seeing is with one championship and the growth of the online spaces that uh, boxers are getting more money. They also have more opportunities for sponsorship. So a lot of money involved in the sponsorship game. Uh, it is definitely one of the ways for the sport to grow as well. One of the most famous female athletes for the UFC, Paige Van Sant, makes more money off of her endorsements and sponsorships than she does actually fighting so fighting becomes more of a branding moment and she makes all of her revenue from these commercials so that is definitely interesting and we're i think we're going to see more development in that space this year uh in 2021 so the one of the other notable moments of the year was the growth of female fighters obviously in the last year or two there's been uh, a lot of attention being paid paid two female fighters um they definitely have been under recognized for a long time channel a with uh hardcore and super champ have had a lot of female fighters um especially compared to the other stadium shows other entertainment shows um so max muay thai only had a few female fighters when it first began and then stopped then now, TIE fight has Jaw um, regularly on their card. So, generally, it is doing a lot for the sport. They had a four-woman tournament at the beginning of the year. And then, they've de- developed their female fighters a lot. They're having two or three female bouts per show, per week. So, that is definitely a big, big development for them. Um... Definitely the sport is growing because of it. You can see it, you know, in the gyms now more gyms are having female fighters. Fairtex now has seven seven or so female fighters compared to one or two when I first began working there two and a half years ago. So along with the growth of female fighters we're seeing more growth in the online space something i noted before uh liam harrison has developed a very strong online presence with an online school Uh, muay thai iron who is a relatively new player in the game just sort of developed in the last six seven months has been doing a lot of work translating thai content into english they're doing some instructional videos as well And really developing sort of the infrastructure of the sport. The Muay Thai pros will be launching an online academy um, next year. I will be part of that, so I'm very excited about that. So definitely the online space is growing. There's becoming more and more resources for people, which is always a really great thing. So a little bit about the future of the podcast. Um, I'm going to update the image sort of the backdrop for it. Then themes for the upcoming month will be announced ahead of time. So I'm going to be doing three or four shows on each topic as normal. So the first three topics that I'm going to do for next year are female fighters. I'll do three or four shows on that. Uh, The history of Australian Muay Thai. Then I'm going to launch into uh, muay thai business so i'm excited about that uh overall obviously the year has been very very difficult for a lot of people but the sport is still continuing to grow Uh, right now there is no fights in thailand but i think that will only last for a month or two Um, I don't think it will be as long of a shutdown as our previous shutdown. Obviously, there's things about the vaccine coming out, and then Thailand especially has been better at controlling COVID outbreaks than some other countries, like my home country of the U.S. So definitely some developments in the sport still going on. I don't think the sport is down and out. Obviously, one championship has continued to do shows and has continued to grow. So I think that is a good signpost for the sport and the way it is moving internationally. That wraps up this episode and this season of of I'm Fighting in Thailand. I appreciate everyone that has listened and given feedback or been, been involved in the project in any way. I will return in about two weeks with the first episode of the series on Nak Ying. This has been On Fighting in Thailand, the best news and analysis covering the inf- infrastructure and economics of Muay Thai. I'm Matt Lucas, journalist, commentator, and ex-Muay Thai fighter. Make stronger fighters, make stronger people.